We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R Show is brought to you by AEG. Hey Ruel, how you doing? How's it going? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I know you were feeling a bit under the weather earlier as the adrenaline started to kick in. Are you ready to talk about games? Uh, I am. It's Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, for those that don't know, I was scheduled to go to PAXU last week and <sighs> the day of my trip, right before I was supposed to get on an airplane, came down with a cold and that just... Oh, I, it just knocked me out for the rest of the week. And I, I'm slowly but surely getting better, but um, I didn't want to miss this. You know, I, I really enjoy our, our talks every week. It's, it does give me a nice um, boost of energy. And the fact is uh, the fact is that I have not been in the studio for a, about a week now, and mm-hmm. I, I miss, you know, playing games. I have soloed a couple games in bed, but to be able to talk with them with you is always a special treat. So I did not want to miss it, and I'm here. I'm ready to go. Well, I'm really happy. I'm really excited about this particular top 10. Um, and, you know, very timely, of course. Uh, games that you want to play with your loved ones at family gatherings and whatnot. But before we get to that, we've got a little bit of business to do. Uh, we've already given away last week's prize of uh, Carrara, or Palace of Carrara 2nd Edition. Oh, it's so good, so good. But we are going to be doing a giveaway this week as well, folks. And it is thanks to sponsor AEG. One lucky winner will be able to get a $50 gift certificate from the AEG online board game store. And uh, that is very cool beans. Uh, me, I love AEG so much so that I am putting up a top 10 this week of my top 10 favorite AEGs to basically celebrate the fact that they were sponsoring the show this week. Uh, and actually, it was tough for me to actually pick my fan favorite AEGs. You'll be able to find that video if you hit that eye in the top right corner screen or go uh, look at the uh, notes down below. Maybe that'll give you some ideas if you're lucky enough to win that $50 gift certificate. But Ruel, how do they win? Folks, all you have to do is watch the show as we do it. We're going to be talking about all kinds of different games and there's going to be a secret word that one of us is going to say. Indeed. And what you have to do is Type in the name of the game that we're talking about when the secret word is revealed. Uh, send that to an email and rotto.com or a contest at rotto.com. Mm-hmm. The secret word, you can see it right there below at the uh, bottom of the screen there. The secret word is gingerbread. Hopefully right? I spelled so just that correctly. For- I think. Yeah, let me check. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> so gingerbread, um, be sure to spell it correctly. Send it. Send the name of the game that we're talking about at that time uh, to uh, contest at rotto.com. Exactly. Um, and folks, I mean, every week I always get questions about this. Um, you know, it, it's, it's the name of the game. As long as you get close enough. I'll figure it out. I have a, a little you know uh, filter set up to automatically put the correct uh, name of the game. But if you make a typo on the game, or you know, if, if, if sometimes people still say the secret word and then they put the name of the game in the in the in the subject in the body, I'll find those. But if you just want to do me a favor. Uh, you know, you'll see the name of the game on screen at that point. Uh, so if you can spell it correctly, that's great. But if not, don't worry about it. Contestatraw.com with the name of that game when one of us and we don't know who yet, we'll say the secret word gingerbread. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So that's what you need to be watching. I mean, this is an interactive show, folks. You got to stay frosty if you want to get those yep. prizes. So, <laughs> Ruel, 
Um, we are talking about 10 games that we would bring to family gatherings because, hey, it's the holiday seasons. How did you go about doing this? How did you, what, any this is, thoughts go into your decision making? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, I, I drew upon all these past years of, you know, family gatherings and what we like to play. But um, I wanted to bring in some new stuff as well because, mm. you know, there's, I think there are certain games that I always bring to family gatherings. But then there's a couple of ones on my list that I haven't brought yet, but I think they're going to work really well. Uh, so these are my games are going to skew towards uh, more, you know, gateway stylish yes. games, things that I can, you know, bring that will be playable by a wide range of ages. Uh, because in my my particular family, our, our family gathering, uh, we have uh, y- younger kids all the way up to uh, older uh, gamers as well. So yep. um, nothing that's going to be too complex, but um, really easy to pick up. So that's where I'm looking at from my, my point Yeah, of view. I had to look at it the same way because I'm just trying to imagine some of my in-laws who I barely know, and I know none of them know about board games beyond Monopoly, and I just tried to figure out, okay, a game... That if I say, hey, look, let's just play this game. Will you come and play it with me? The game itself is attractive. But more importantly, I can get them up and running and feel like they are making interesting decisions very, very quickly. And just get pulled in because I have a very, very limited window. I mean, they'll they'll put up with it. But if I want to get them them hooked, I mean, this is my one shot. An interesting thing is, as far as my countdown, uh, the top of my list are the ones that I think are the bit riskier where I'd, I'd want to be a little oh. more selective. And when I get all the way down to my number one, that's the one that I, is safe no matter who we're talking about. You know, so, I, 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 okay. I, so that was kind of an interesting side effect for me too. So the first ones, oh. I might be a little bit more selective. Okay, I'll choose this one because I know you like certain things, but then my number mm-hmm. two and my number one, okay, everybody should love this. And it should work under any yeah. circumstance. So uh, okay. does that make sense? Oh, we didn't discuss. Who's going to go first? Who's number 10? Oh, uh, I'll, I'll take the number 10. If All right, then I'll be number nine, number seven, number okay. five, number three, oh. and number one. Well, then, Ruel, I think the time has come for me to ask, what is your top ten? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right. So the number 10 game on my list is Popcorn Dice. Uh, This is a newish game. Okay. Uh, A newish game that just... Yeah, see if that'll show up there. Uh, Popcorn Dice is from Van Ryder Games. Oh, I see. Um, it was out earlier this year, I believe. A very simple dice chucking game. And I always look at it like this. I know, you know, a lot of my family grew up on Yahtzee. Uh, this takes uh, elements of Yahtzee where it's, uh, you know, press your luck. You're trying to collect sets of popped uh, popcorn. And, uh, oh, is it not showing up on screen? Uh, for some reason, <laughs> of course. Folks, who you don't know, we actually record this show live the day before. There, we're, we're in front of an audience of over 100 people who are watching me flounder around trying to wonder why, after the browser has worked great all day, it has just suddenly decided to disappear. Because it's completely oh, wow. disappeared. Thanks. Uh, that's fantastic. Okay. Thanks, Internet. Time to call an audible and uh, bring out a different browser, I think. And hopefully that will work. Oh, my goodness. But wow. I'll let you that's a bummer. continue talking about it. How strange okay, so- this happened. On popcorn dice, you have um, standard six-sided dice. Now, these are very chunky. They remind me of uh, King of Tokyo dice. And you're going to have a big old 
big old bag of them or a, um, a popcorn box full of them. And you, on your turn, it's very simple. You roll all the dice and some of them are going to have popped kernels. Some are going to have burnt kernels and some will just have regular kernels. And what you're trying to do is get all of them popped. Um, as you roll uh, regular kernels, those score you nothing. The pop uh, kernels will score you a point. The burnt kernels um, will lose you points, I believe. And um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm folks. Talking, I'm I promise the, you will the see these things he's talking about before he is done. Or my name isn't Rotto, and it's not. So that's clearly the problem. All right, there we go. Okay. Is that yes. it? Oh yeah. Oh Don't my gosh. What the heck? I was about to call the whole show off, but okay. Hey, Rel, could you start over? Tell us about Popcorn Dice from Van Ryder Games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so as you, uh, <clears throat> there's a couple of different uh, di- or faces on the dice. You have a burnt kernel. Okay. <clears throat> you have a double kernel. You have a single kernel. And then you have the plain unpopped kernel. And you just roll all the dice. I think there's like 16 dice. You just roll them all at once. And then you're going to pick and choose. Like the uh, unpopped ones must go back in your little popcorn bucket there. The popped ones stay there and also the burned ones stay there. Now the burned ones can be returned by uh, you turn in a popped one to exchange it for the burnt ones because the burnt ones um, lose you points. Whereas the popped okay. ones gain you points. Okay, And it's it's a race to 30 points. So theoretically, someone could win this on the first turn. It's very unlikely, but if you have like the perfect role, you know, it, it could happen. But, I, you know, we played a bunch of times. It's not going to happen, but it's so much fun. It's a very simple uh, dice chucking game. And, you know, I always I like to I want to introduce this to, introduce this to my family because they haven't played it yet at, um, you know, because it just came out earlier this year. And I think they'd really like it because, you know, who doesn't like dice? You know, you think of Yahtzee, all the classics. You know, it's very simple to pick up. And it's a press-your-luck game that plays in like 10 to 15 minutes. Are you going to pop all the popcorn or not? Um, Because you can make those decisions like, okay, I am not going to push my luck because I have too many burnt ones here. Or you can say, you know what, I am going to push my luck and try to get those remaining popped ones to get to the certain score, uh, which is I think is 30 points. First one, 30 wins. 10 or 15 minutes games. Uh, it's my number 10 right. popcorn so dice. So Yahtzee push your luck thing with really great dice and a very cool box that it comes in. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you, it literally looks like a, a box, a popcorn box that you get a, at a movie theater. So really, really quick and simple game. Love it. Popcorn dice. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, that is very nice. I, I've seen it. Uh, I, but yeah, I mean, you're right. That is very, very, very lightweight. Um, but... Yeah. I, I think perfect for gatherings. I'm curious though. Have you ever played zombie dice? Uh, you know, it's uh, you know I should have mentioned that when I got in my uh, spiel. I loved zombie dice as one of those fillers. I think this is a better version of zombie dice. Wow. Because, okay. Yeah, it's not quite as it, it's a little. It, I mean, it's not as um, how do I put this? It's probably not as complex, even mm-hmm. though zombie dice is not complex at all. Yeah, yeah. But this one takes off that layer of, you know, there's different uh, ways to, you know, shoot or kill or whatever. Plus, I think the theme is just... Uh, I, it's going to be more attractive more for family anybody. Family. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, that gave me enough time to uh, prepare to talk about my number nine, which I awesome. never know how to pronounce. Maybe you can help me with it. It is Ariol? Ariol? Uh, uh, the way I, I learned it uh, for Portuguese, the R's are like more like H's. Yes, Ahiel. that's what I understand. Yes. Say it again. Ahiel. Ahiel. All yes. right. Well, here's the deal, folks. This game is fantastic. Ruel and I have talked about it on the show in the past. We both agree. I think, didn't I get your wife hooked on this game? If oh, I recall. Oh, totally. Yeah, because I'd originally you, suggested you, to you. 
yeah, you we had done a show about co-op or no tile laying games or something. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned it. I picked up a copy and Michelle just instant like one of her favorite games of all time instantly like top ten. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and with good reason. Yeah. And the reason I put this yeah. on the list is because at this point, is there anybody in your family that has not played Tetris? Everybody knows Tetris. Everybody loves Tetris, right? And I mean that this is I mean there are plenty of polyomino tile land games out there, but this one I think captures the Tetris feel in an interesting multiplayer way more than just about any other one because uh everybody has their own little Tetris field where they're trying to make Tetris shapes, you know, the L and the I and the S and the and the O, you know, all, all the diff- four different shapes. Uh come down and trying to slot them in to very satisfyingly fill in all the little blank spaces and um when you get one of these tiles, you have to put it at the top and it has to slide down appropriately. And then when it hits the bottom, you can slide it left or right to slip it into place. It just feels great. Anybody who's played uh, Tetris and liked it is going to say, oh, I can play Tetris with you on the table. Let's try. And then, oh, this is so bright and vibrant and colorful. Yeah, let's try. But then where the game gets interesting is the pieces that are going to come up are taken from a central rotating board in the middle of the table. And on my turn, I get to do three actions, which means I could take all three pieces, but I can't rotate them. Instead, what I can do is, as one of my actions, I can rotate the entire wheel, thereby changing the orientation of all the pieces. And then I can, oh, well, now I've got two more actions. I'll take two of them that have been rotated correctly. Now, if you want, uh, if you, if the pieces aren't good for you, but you look to the player to your left who's going to go next, you can see, oh, that piece is perfect for them. If I got nothing better to do, I'll just rotate it so that, oh, they're going to have to waste time rotating to get it into position. So there's a little bit of interactivity, and I could see that working in kind of a fun family atmosphere, but it just works so wonderfully. It's really fast playing. Super, super simple. This is a game with no real hidden information, so it's easy for me to teach people, but I mean... I, Again, if you know Tetris, you understand this game, and I think you will instantly fall in love with it. It's one of my favorite polyomino games out there because it captures Tetris. And the only complaint I have about the game is I think it is time for the publishers, Mebo and who is it, Pandasaurus, to reprint this game and change the name. Please. I love the original, you know, an RIL is a, is a Portuguese block party. And this is what yeah. it's trying to recreate all the different things, represent dancers at your party and musicians and all of that. And that's all great. Yeah. But just republish it and just change its name to Block Party. And then every right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because, that's the perfect name. Yeah. Block Party. Yeah, I mean, you 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 remember and what was that game Rado was talking about? How did you spell it? I have no idea how to spell it. And you just can't find it. And I think that's why this game hasn't quite gotten as much attention as it should. Because it's absolutely brilliant. It's the number nine on our games to play with family members, our aisle. Or as I'm going to call it, Block Party. Because that's what it should have been called block when party. it was published um, <laughs> worldwide. Yeah. It's it's so good. And, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but re- uh, earlier this year, there was actually a Tetris board game that came out. Oh, really? Uh, by Phil Walker-Harding. Yeah. And I played it, and it's not as good as this one. Wow. Really okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this just, should be the official uh, that, Tetris. And oh, that's saying this something. This should be the Because you're a big P-Dub. Uh, uh, I you am. A, you're a big P-H-Dub fan. P-Dub H. Yeah, P-W-H. yeah, I am a PWH fan. Right. Praise be Phil Walker Hardy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, so I was, I was a little disappointed. And the, you know the 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 official Tetris game. I think it is because of the components. They they were just they weren't that good. But, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I is a fantastic. Well, game. Okay, so what Let's is number, on eight number eight on our list? Yes, number eight on my list is Wits and Wagers: The Vegas Edition. Wits and Wagers: Vegas. I, I think that's the official name. Vegas Wits and, Wait, Wits and Wagers. I don't know. I'll do a search for it on Board Game Geek yeah. right now. Wagers Vegas. 
Let's see if we can find so, it. it uh, Witches and wagers, wagers, it's Vegas, baby, is the uh, It's Vegas, baby. Is, wow, is, wow. Is Even better. It. There we go. It. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful trivia game. And, you know, as I bring these games to family gatherings, I'm thinking people are thinking, you know, Monopoly, Risk, Trivial Pursuit. Um, you know, so if, instead of playing Trivial Pursuit, let's play some wits and wagers it does trivial pursuit in a much better way much quicker way as well you can play this game in 30 minutes or so and that's basically what i was looking for for my list of games or things that are you know easy to learn and then quick to play that way you're not spending hours and hours because not you know a lot of people are going to be new to board games they don't want to be sitting there for hours and hours but vegas wins the wages what this does and i i was able to get the kickstarter like the really nice play mat mm-hmm. uh, that they had it, it looked like a roulette um oh uh, play mat okay yeah so you you're gonna bet on not only your answers but everyone else's so uh, it does the uh, wits and wages does this really cool thing about with trivia where you don't have to know exactly uh what the answer is because all the answers are gonna be number related but it's gonna be really oddball answers like you know thousands or millions or whatever no one can get it exactly but whoever gets closest to it just like price is right they will win the amount that they wagered and then what vegas does is you can wager not only on yourself but other people and depending on where their answers are on the board you can get odds like three to one four to one oh wow etc yeah it's so my family, we enjoy uh, gambling back in the day. We did. We don't gamble as much as we do now, but uh, we, we do enjoy it. And uh, this brings them that nice Vegas element to the party. And it's always festive. It's always like, oh, I can't believe you didn't bet on this one. Or I can't believe you 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 know chose that as your answer. Um, it's a very interactive game. Very fun. It's easy to get into. And um, the game probably takes like 30 minutes to play. So that's my number eight. Uh, Wits and Wagers. Uh, what is it called? It's Vegas, baby. It's or Vegas, Vegas, baby. baby. It's Vegas, baby. Yeah. Can I ask you this about it? Does that that level of of betting and gambling and whatnot add an extra level of complexity? Does it make it harder uh, to function as a gateway in in in, no. a, in a situation where you might have uh, family members who are a little tipsy or any number of things? <laughs> that's funny um no it doesn't that's the great thing about it um you're still going to try to you're you know you're still placing your bets on who you think has the correct answer mm-hmm. right so one of the questions may be what year was the first superman comic uh, published you okay. know and you you write on a little board like do i write 1941 1945 whatever and then you place those answers there and you're going to bet you know on which one you think is correct and whoever is the closest without going over gets that bet and so it, it doesn't it, it won't affect like where you're going to place your bets because i mean you may think about hey maybe i want to put all my money on ruel's answer so i get 10 to 1 whereas rado his yep. answer is on the 5 to 1 slots st- stuff like that so it doesn't add the complexity uh but it, it does give that it adds that boosted uh bit of gambling which i think is uh, can be a lot of fun for these uh right. family gatherings okay. cool 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 all right. Well, I have to admit, uh, during little secret, I've never played Wits and Wagers. Oh, I'm very really? familiar with it. I know the basics. It's just not really a trivia game that works fan? well with two. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Are you a trivia fan though? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely give it a go. Um, so I yeah. guess it's if I ever come to your family gatherings, I might have a chance at. Yes, because this is not yes. on my list. <laughs> Um, but Definitely. on my list, uh, we're moving on to our number seven. Uh, I really, really wanted to have a roll and write. And there were several I could have chosen from because I love them so much. But ultimately, I had to go with On Tour. 
This one made the most sense to me. This is one of my favorite roll and writes of all time. And it is so simple. You are the manager of a rock and roll band trying to tour across the United States. Although I believe the newer version of the game also offers a Europe map as well now. And every round, it's a bingo style game. We're going to roll some dice, uh, 10-side dice. They might say three and four. And that means on the map in some city, everybody has to write a 34 and everybody has to write in another city a 43. And what we're trying to do is put all these numbers in all these cities to fill up the map such that at the end of the game, we can trace a path covering as many cities as possible so we can have a more successful tour. It's so simple. It's so easy to teach and play. And yet I think it's a game that has really hidden depth. And it's depth that I think immediately becomes apparent to people. You know, once you set your first round, you're like, what? Okay, I guess I'll just put this here and there. And then you get to the second round, you're like, oh, oh. Oh, geez. And right off the bat, why did I put that over there? And you're, I mean, this game teaches you how to be a Eurogamer very quickly with very simple and intuitive decisions you have to make that, I mean, I've played this game dozens of times and it still challenges me every single time we play. I love it so much. Um, the, the, the main restriction is though, you've got the dice that tell you what you have to write in the cities, but then there are three cards on display that tell you what regions of the map you can write in. So it's a very interesting game of timing and long-term guess work, a little bit of push your luck. I, I, if I can just get an 18 in the Northwest, everything will be perfect, and I'm going to make it happen. Or do I give up on that and say, okay, well, we're going to have to completely ignore the uh, Seattle and go a long way around it and head over to Idaho because I couldn't get that 18. Um, but everybody's going through the same angst, and uh, it just it works so wonderfully. The uh, yeah, I, mean, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite um, roll and writes. I think it's a perfect introduction to the form. I think it's something everybody can just immediately understand and get pulled into. It is number seven on tour. Yeah, that is a wonderful roll and write. Easily in my top five of all time roll and writes. Yeah, uh, excellent, excellent game. Okay, all right. Uh, let's move on to my number six. My number six game is a game called Drop It. Drop, Drop it. it. Um, yeah. Okay. It's from Cosmos Games. Came out a few years ago, and this one surprised the heck out of me. I did not think. I thought this game looked silly, and I was like, okay, whatever. But it works so well amongst all kinds of audiences. It's a dexterity-ish game. Wow. Everyone gets one color, yellow, blue, green, or red, and you get a set of different shapes that you're dropping, literally dropping in this, like, plastic thing. I call it, like, it's Gamer's Plinko. If you remember Plinko from The Price is Right, <laughs> this is almost like that. So I drop in a yellow piece, and as long as it do doesn't touch another uh, piece that's a similar shape or color, then I will score points. Like, you start with one, go two. As you get higher and higher, you're going to score uh, different points. Uh, there are bonuses that you can um, hit. Uh, you just look on the little piece of plastic, um, the plastic drop-in thing, yeah. and as your piece covers that, you'll get bonus points. And you just play until everyone's dropped their pieces, and then the most points wins. It is so simple, and it's, and it's, uh, it's so simple and brilliant. Um, it takes... 15 minutes to play, maybe 20 minutes or so. Um, anyone can play this game. You're just dropping pieces, and um, it's so, so good. It gives you a couple of different scoring options as well. Oh. Uh, the little things that you add to the scoring, you can change it up. Like, oh, you'll get, uh, you'll lose points if you um, place it on the left side or right side or get additional points. Drop It is a wonderful, wonderful game. It has great table presence because you stick that little piece of plastic there on the table, and people are like, wait, what is that? I was like, <laughs> all I say is, it's just like Plinko. If you're seeing that, you want to drop things in, you want to score points. It is it's so good. Uh, it's my number 
six game on this list. Drop it. Okay. All right. I have n- I've, I have never even heard of this, it, but I can certainly see what you're saying. It's got an incredible table presence. Um, it's just yeah. going to put people. It looks like it goes up to four people, or you can play it in teams. Have you yeah. tried it as teams? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it works better as uh, you know competitively uh, as teams. Ba- you would just do two on two or whatever. It's. You want to play it uh, just to win, you know. It's a competitive game, so it's really the components are nice. They're wooden, you know, wooden pieces. You're dropping in, and um, it's it's so much fun. I, I actually saw, learned this game at Dice Tower West a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Someone had it up, and we're like, "What is that?" And immediately, all I think it was like four of us, me and my buddies, we all went and got a copy of the game for ourselves uh, right after we played it. It was that good. All so right. highly recommend it. Drop it. Works well at uh, family parties, folks. I would certainly say that makes sense. Okay, cool. And I would definitely give it a go, too. All right. Well, yeah. I have so far, question is, folks, uh, you can say it on the comments. Which family gathering do you want to come to? Uh, you know, Based on these games, my number five on the list is Ticket to Ride London. And, I mean, Ticket to Ride, of course, is widely regarded as the premier gateway game. And I think it definitely earns that pedigree. Even though it's got hidden information, you've got you know secrets you're trying to keep, it's so easy to teach. Anybody can be up and running it in no time. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, a couple of years ago, a, a f- couple of new versions of it came out that are, uh, what was the first one was uh, Ticket to Ride New York, or Ticket to Ride New York, and then London was the yep. second one. And these are basically Ticket to Ride Express. Instead of taking 45 minutes to an hour, these take 10 to 15 minutes. And But they still have all the really great, um, intense gameplay of, you know, the rummy style, collecting cards, trying to get the perfect stuff to, you know, complete routes on the table. But, um, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the brinksmanship of, okay, do I think I can actually make this route from here to here? Uh, I better get in there quick before somebody else takes that core central place. But the whole game, you get the full sense of Ticket to Ride in 15 minutes. And I have to admit, Jen and I, we'd kind of gotten burned out on Ticket to Ride over the years. We played it, I played it dozens of times. Different versions, the original, Europe, Switzerland. I think I played a few other ones as well. And we ultimately got rid of them all, because I think I'd had enough of Ticket to Ride. But then when I tried London, and I realized, oh my gosh, Ticket to Ride is the perfect filler game. It it just plays wonderfully. 10, 15 minutes, you're in and out. Somehow, Alan Moon... Design Genius has, you know, scrunched it all in without compromising anything. And if anything, is added stuff because it comes with a new feature, kind of an area control element where there's different districts that, in addition to whatever your tickets say you're trying to do, you're trying to connect to all these different cities that have a specific color on them so you can get bonus points. It's great. Also, not for nothing, I love replacing the trains with little double-decker buses from London. That's really wonderful. So, yeah, I mean... You just know Ticket to Ride is a safe bet, but um, a 15-minute Ticket to Ride that you can teach in less than a minute, that is even more perfect for a game where you've got all kinds of folks who maybe don't have time to sit down for an hour to, to indulge you. But yeah, anybody can sit down for 15 minutes, and I think when they come away, they'll say, can we play that again? Which is why it yep. comes in at my number five Ticket to Ride London. Fantastic choice. Yes. Yeah, it's, I love the uh, smaller ticket to ride. Just like I like the smaller pandemics as well. I think those are great express versions of these classic games. Yeah, now yeah. Classic. Do you have a preference of London over New York? 
Um, I haven't played London yet, unfortunately. Oh, I've only okay. played New York. All right. Yeah. Now, New York, you, you said the London has the buses. I think New York has the taxi cabs. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Trains. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's fun. But yeah, I, I'm interested in trying London as well. All right. Great choice. Let's move on to my number four. Yes, sir. Um, so if you, uh, my game so far, I've had dice, I've had trivia, I've had the little drop it thing for the uh, dexterity. I had to have a word game on here because I know f- my family, mm-hmm. there's people who are in word games. My number four is just one. Uh, this yeah. is a Spiel de Jar winner from a couple of years back. It's a cooperative game. Um, you're trying to guess. There's, uh, I think it's 13 words that you're going to get, uh, 13 different cards. But uh, each player will take a turn as the guesser, and everyone else is going to help them guess what they um, do not see. There you have the word in front of them. You can see right there on the uh, screen there, uh, for those of you watching. Um, one person is going to randomly choose a number. That number corresponds to the word they must guess, and everyone else has to write a word on their little um, little easel there. And then the guesser will close their eyes while everyone compares answers quietly. Any answers that match are erased. So you want to be unique, but then you want to make sure those uh, those words aren't too unique where you, you can't, like, you know, figure it out. And then whatever words are remaining, the uh, guesser will open their eyes and then look at all the words and try to guess the one word that you're trying to uh, get through to them. You go through it. Uh, for, uh, there's 13 words. If you get them all right, which I've never done. I think the most we've ever done is 11. <laughs> uh-huh. um, it, it, it's it's a wonderful game. I had, I had not played it for a while. I think for at least a year until recently. I got reintroduced to the game from a friend of mine, my buddy Daryl. We got together with his friends, and I was like, wow, I forgot how good this game was. This is a fantastic game. It is brilliant. Uh, I can see why it's award-winning. It still holds together. I have played this with my family. It's always a hit, and that's my number four, Just One. I seriously considered this, I think, is the closest we've come to a a crossover so far because I almost Mm -hmm. put it on my list. I, I'll admit, I, I think it's it's so brilliant, that whole idea of, well, okay, if I use a really obvious word, then it'll get mm-hmm. eliminated because somebody else will use that word. But then nobody else yeah. uses that word. And I could yeah. have snuck it in. It's yep. so clever. And then all everybody has just these weird esoteric things. And then the, the guests yeah. say, what am I looking at? And then right. afterwards, why didn't somebody just say doorknob? Well, because everybody <laughs> thought that and everybody thought everybody else would do it. And then nobody did it. So it's very sharp, very fun. Yeah, I... Uh, I it, it can be tricky. I, I have had situations where it can be, I've had some people play with where it's a bit frustrating. You know, when they're the guesser, okay. they're like, oh, I have no idea. And, and because if you're the guesser, you're on display. You are suddenly, and I mean, and yeah. really, that's not, it, that just means you have to be careful with how you're going to introduce it to people. You got, I mean, you know, yeah. the, the outgoing person, the person who's fine being the center of attention has to be the guesser and it'll work fantastically. And yeah, everybody loves it. It's so brilliant. So absolutely brilliant. Uh, a good one. Yep. Number four, four. just one. Okay, cool. And I'm, I'm glad it made the list. Because like I said, I seriously considered putting it on mine. I'm glad it made it on nice. one of us. All righty then. Well, then we are, we're getting close to the end. And like I said right up front, I started with um, game. The earlier games I had were a little more complex. Our High All, I think, uh, requires a little bit more teaching. I'm trying to get to simpler and simpler ones. But um, our number three on the list might make you say, Really? Really? Is this one that's going to work well with just a wide variety of people? Is this a really simple game? My number three is Calico. Oh, wow. Yes. And now, I know, I know you played Calico, right? I mean, Calico yeah. is the bee's knees. Actually, let me just go ahead and bring up my run-through of Calico. Put that on screen. Uh, it is wow. a brilliant tile-laying game. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it to pieces. I love tile-laying games in general. And this is a very challenging one. It's, it's hard, very simple. Um, we're trying to make a beautiful quilt such that uh, that looks so nice that all the kitty cats will want to come and curl up and take a nap on it. So I think, I mean, there's a little danger if, if you've got somebody who absolutely hates cats, 
then you know maybe they're going to turn away. But I mean, I've got a pitch for that. It's like, oh, you 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 don't like cats? That's no problem. Um, you can completely ignore the cats because this is a relatively yep. interesting game. You could be trying to do your tiling to make the ideal um, circumstance for the cats to come in more. Or you could be trying to match patterns, getting big groups of the same patterns of tiles together. Or you could be trying to match big groups of colors to get the same group of colors together. Or, um, and this is where it gets complicated, if you want to play the advanced version of the game, there can be actual objectives on your board that um are uh that, that you have to build towards you have to like kind of create full houses three of one thing and two of another or or pairs of stuff or what have you and now mm-hmm. the thing that i so respect about calico and i don't see many games do it and i want to see more games do it this game i would never bring it to a family get together and just set it down and say hey let's play a full game of calico but this game comes with very very good introductory rules where you turn certain elements off most notably those objective tiles that get placed in the center of the board and it also just hey use these particular cats so um you know as Hardcore game geeks, my wife and I, you know, we tend to ignore those. Here's how you can set it up for your first few plays, but definitely use those in Calico. Because, as I talked about earlier, this is a game where, oh, it's so simple. I've just got three tiles. I understand what I'm trying to do. If I don't have those objectives on the board, I understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to match colors. I'm trying to match patterns. And maybe I'm trying to make a pattern like what the cats want as well. But, you know, after you've taken your second or third turn, you're like, oh, whoa, this is hard. But it's not it's not complicated. It's it's simple. It's so obvious what I need to do. A child could play this game. But to play this game well requires you to really focus like a laser. And of course, that's what I love about games. Here's the deal. Um, if somebody at a family gathering, so what do you like to do for fun? I say, oh, I play board games. Board games, really? Like Monopoly? I say, no, nothing like Monopoly. If you, In fact, if you got a few minutes, let me show you what a real board game can be. This is the one I'd want to show. I would lead with, this is one of my favorite games of all time. This is in my top 50 games uh, of all time, if I recall correctly, or my top 75. And it works so well, I set it up with the intro variant. We just start playing. Uh, you, you can teach these rules in less than a minute, and as the game blossoms... It's interesting. There's this strange dichotomy. Your your understanding of the game grows as you're playing. At the same time, your options are shrinking and compressing. And that's what I always love. I love games that are hard on me, uh, that really put me in a vice and make me have to make tough compromises. And this game makes you get to that very, very quickly. But it doesn't start that way. It has a nice, chillax... Like, oh, this is so easy! Just colorful ties. Oh, I, oh, you took the one I want? Okay, I'll do this one instead. But by the time you're halfway through this game, you're like, ah! And I think you'll be a board gamer. Um, you will know if you have the propensity to ever fall in love with the kind of games my wife and I enjoy. This game, it works so well on that. And then on top of that, it has cute, adorable, fluffy kittens. Like I said, it's a yeah. bit of a gamble with the cat element, but I think it works, and that's why it comes in at number three. If played with the introductory rules for a family gathering, Calico. I know at any fan gathering, there's going to be some family members who love cats and who would like to spend more time with their nephew or something. And hey, (laughs) I got the game for you. That is, wow, what a great choice. Like, I wouldn't, I didn't even think about Calico. Really? But now that you talked about, yeah, now that you reminded me that there was, were mm. there, there were those introductory rules. Yes. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yes. That's a great way to introduce the game. And, you know, because, you know, we're all, you know, you know, longtime gamers. You just sort of skip over those. Oh, here's the introductory rules. No, you usually go into, you know, let's just play the standard game or whatever. But 
Yeah, what a great way to bring people into the hobby. Yep. Taking a, a game, great game like Calico and just simplifying it to something that uh, will be easily or more accessible. Yeah. Great choice. All right. All right. We'll see if you can beat it. What's our number two? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. On my number two, so this is, um, so let's see, I've got a dice chucker, I've got the trivia, I've got the little dexterity game, I've got the word game. I had to throw in a roll and write. Just okay, like you. excellent. Yeah. This one, it's a newer one. It okay. may surprise a lot of people. Super Mega Lucky Box. Super Mega Lucky mm-hmm. Box. The coolest name ever. The art is what sold me immediately. If you can bring it up, you're, uh, you're going to see. It's coming. Uh, it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes up, you're going to see. And it's going to remind you of one thing. I want to see if it reminds you. Look at the font on that. What does it remind you of, Rado? Uh, that reminds me of Schoolhouse Rock, of course. Thank you. Yes. yes. Schoolhouse Rock. I saw it. I was like, oh, my gosh. I got to get it. But then look at the designer. Who designed this? Phil my Walker buddy. Harding. Phil Walker Harding, PWH, the master. He's, he did uh, Silver and Gold. He's done Baron Park. Uh, he's done, uh, what's the other one? Gingerbread uh, House. He did that uh, and, one uh, as well. I mean, a, a, a wide variety. I mean, he's he is a top-tier designer working in the industry. He is. Yeah. And uh, I love his games. And what he did with Super Mega Lucky Box is he took the game um, Silver and Gold okay. and took out the polyominoes. Mm. And this is what it is. It's just strictly numbers. It's like bingo. And, you know, not only is it rolling right, but everyone's played bingo. And that's how I teach this. Okay. Is this is gamer's bingo. All you're doing is flipping over one of those numbers, like a four. It's a one through nine. You flip over a number. And then everyone uh, crosses out that number on their uh, one of their cards. So you have three cards you start with. As you start finishing rows or columns, it gives you bonuses. So you can get another additional number or you can get a a moon or a lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. The moons, whoever at the end of the game has the most moons gets bonus points. Whoever is the least loses points, just like Sushi Go. Right. And then the uh, the lightning bolts let you um, mitigate numbers. So if you have a lightning bolt, you can spend it. If a number five comes up, you can spend lightning bolts to move it up to six, seven, or eight. Or down four, three, two, one, whatever. So you're never stuck with numbers as long as you have lightning bolts. You play three rounds, and you're going to score points. The most points wins. It it takes what I really liked about Silver and Gold the most, which is those combos, right? So on Silver and Gold, you can combo. You know, you mark one X, and you can get an X on another card. You can get the palm trees, et cetera. That, it it eliminates, it just takes that to another level. So it's almost every... Almost every round, you're going to be comboing a bunch of stuff, which I love, and it's so satisfying. And that's why it's my number two game on the list. The games that you want to bring to the holidays, the family gatherings, Super Mega Lucky Box from Phil Walker Harding. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I haven't played it. I totally get what you're saying, though, about the bingo. I've got all these cards in front of me. The, I, I hit mm-hmm. the seven on all of them. I mean, we I often yep. talk a lot about how, hey, there's a lot of rolling rights out there that are bingo-esque. No, this is not bingo-esque. This is bingo. But then this is crossed, literally bingo. Yeah, it's crossed yeah. with Gonshon Clever, basically. Yeah. 
but yeah, you know, it's, and it's, made presentable. It's, That's brilliant. Yeah, it's a, it's a much more accessible game than Godshot's Clever. I like. I I think I would I would definitely use this as a first time roll and write uh, versus uh, Godshot's Clever. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just it's so so good. And Michelle and I played it. You can solo it, and it's one of those games. As long as you have multiple copies, you can play up to eight, twelve, whatever number of players. I think in the box, it's like up to five or six. But okay. um, it's also very affordable as well. It's it's no more than twenty bucks. I don't even think I, I might have paid like fifteen. But uh, that's my number two super mega lucky box. All right. That makes perfect sense. And my number one, I think, is... Interestingly, my number one is really my wife's number one. If there is one game she's going to play with family members or or new people she's meeting for the first time or long-lost cousins or, or whoever, this is the game she wants to play because it does more than just provide a good time. It really kind of lets you get into the head. Uh, folks, and kind of get to know a little bit more about who they are and how they think. And I am shocked this didn't make your list, quite frankly. Uh, because for folks Ooh. who don't know, we actually come up with a list of 10 beforehand. We have a friend look for any duplicates overlaps. We had no duplicates and overlaps in our top 10 this time, amazingly. And so that means you did not at any point put Dixit on your list. Dixit! <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly, I did think about it, but I, it didn't make my top 10. But oh, that's, yeah, great choice. Yes. Uh, now, for folks who don't know, Dixit is, uh, I guess you could call it kind of a social party game. Everybody has a mm-hmm. hand of cards. One person is the storyteller, I believe, and they pick a card from their hands and come up with a word or a phrase or a sound or a lyric or whatever, something that they can verbalize that represents what this card is, but they don't show anybody the card. They put the card, you know, they put the card face down. Everybody else then looks at their own hand and has to come up with one of the cards from their hands. And the card art in this game is just amazing. It is some of the most beautiful. Let me give one of those big uh, shots of a whole bunch of them. Uh, let's see, yeah. go back to the gallery. The art is the art just is to die for. It's all very surreal and full of different ways that you could interpret what you're looking at. And so, you know, if I said a secret word and um, it was, I don't know, uh, uh, number nine, and everybody knows I'm a big Beatles fan, and, you know, I, I put a card, you know, everybody picks up, well, what, 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 do I have nine things on this card? Is there something that looks like a nine? Oh, he said number nine. Is he referring to the Beatles? Is, is there somebody with a mop top? What should I choose? Everybody's picking their own card from their hand. You put them all together, you shuffle them up under the table, put them all out, and now it's everybody's job to guess the card of the original storyteller. And that is brilliant. Um, because what inevitably happens is, you know, sometimes, oh, I got no cards. I have no idea what to do. I'll, I'll try to put my best in. But sometimes people will come up with really interesting connections with the word and their art. Or the storyteller will as well. And the most fun is not tallying the points. Because there, I'll be honest, there is a relatively complex scoring system for this, which you could almost completely ignore because the fun is just in um, you know explaining yourself when you describe these things. But the, the trick is, when you are one of the other players, you want to come up with a good match, but not a match that is perfect. You want to uh, play it loose because of the way scoring works. Because, um, or I'm sorry, no, the, 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 uh, the, the, the storyteller wants to have something that's not perfect. Because the storyteller wants some votes, but if you're too on the ball, like if I say light bulb, because there's a gigantic light bulb on my thing, then everybody will know it's me. If everybody votes for me, I don't get points. If nobody don't votes for me, I don't get points. If some people vote for me, or some people vote for the other stuff, that's how I maximize my points, and other people get points too. So the system is a little complex, but it's worth it because it's brilliant. But the important thing is, after the score is resolved for the round, somebody says, what 
does that card have to do with number nine? That makes no sense. What were you thinking? And that's where the game comes to life for Jen. She loves it so much because... You know, you, you, you talk to people, you get to know them, you ask them about their job, you ask them about their families, you ask them about the weather. Nothing actually gets you to ask them about their creative thought process. And this game gives you a direct beeline into their creative brain. And that's what makes it so fun. That's what makes it so infinitely surprising. And uh, it's why, I mean, I think it won this field as yours, and it's gotten so many expansions over yeah. the year. And the expansions were, for the most part, just more cards to keep new, exciting, lovely ideas flowing in uh, the number one game to play at, uh, you know, family get-togethers, Dixit. Uh, and also, I will give an honorable mention for my... I put this for my wife, Jen, because she loves Dixit. If it were me, I would have put Mysterium, which is largely ah. the same idea, but it makes it a cooperative yeah. game instead of a competitive game and brings a yeah. lot more theme in. But it's still the same basic idea. Somebody plays a card, tells a story, and other players have to figure out, well, what did they mean by that? Uh, either one would work, yeah. but I'll go with Dixit uh, because I love my wife. And she yeah. won't go to a gathering without a copy of this game in the car, just in case somebody says, oh, so you like to do it? She's like, let me show you. And she rushes out and she gets it, and then you're stuck at the table with her for an hour or however long it takes uh, to play some Dixit. Dix is wow! What a great choice. Yeah, and I, I haven't played this game. I think in at, in at least two years. And now that you've mentioned it, I may have to bring it to my holiday gathering. You should. Year. It I, will work. I, um, yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yep, so good. It, it, and right. it, it just it, 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 you know in the middle of everything else you're doing of the high stress, it just makes you stop and completely rewire your brain and think about yeah. things in a completely different way. And you know, and 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 that's what makes it so special. So uh, that was it, folks. Ten great games uh, to bring to your uh, family gatherings and uh, share with your loved ones, and hopefully, uh, we may be giving you some thought uh, for that. But anyway, folks, we are done with the list. And on the way out, we just want to remind you: Did you hear the secret word spoken? Did you hear one of us say gingerbread? If so. What game were we talking about at that moment? Send the name of that game in the subject to contest at rotto.com and enter to win 50 bucks uh, in uh, online purchasing power from our sponsor, AEG. And uh, I don't know, I think that's it. Do you have uh, anything more to say on the way out the door? Well, no, uh, the only thing I want to say, and I mean, I'm so happy that AEG sponsored this uh, episode because I'm a big fan of AEG mm -hmm. games as well. That $50 is going to get you some fantastic games, folks. So good luck to everybody. Don't forget to send that word or the game over there to contest at rada.com where we said the secret word, which was a gingerbread. Gingerbread. Good luck, everybody. Bread. Yep. Okay. That is it, folks. We are done. So thank you to Ruel for uh, spreading some holiday cheer with me. Uh, thanks to you for watching and uh, and commenting. If uh, there's some we've missed, let us know. That maybe we should have put them on instead. And finally, thanks again to sponsor the show, AEG. Uh, remember, folks, uh, I've also got a live, right now, top 10 games from AEG. Hit that link in the top right corner or follow the show notes to go check it out. Thanks for watching. Have a nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, bye bye.